Greetings, fellow Wordlings, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave, seeking the truth and exposing the lies. I'm your host, Dave Smith. All right, let's get into it. Part 8 and the final episode of a series of conversations with Paul Rhodes from the Stereo app. In this conversation, we get into manufactured shortages, the toilet paper shortage, the baby food shortage, and much more. Stay tuned. I saw a video. You mentioned, Paul mentioned toilet paper. I saw a video um, after the whole toilet paper incident, and there was a, a female truck driver, and she was talking about how there wasn't in a toilet paper shortage. She was just saying how there was plenty of it, and they just couldn't keep it on the shelves. So it's like she she was saying that they couldn't um, they couldn't ship it to the stores fast enough to keep it um, stocked in the stores. So it w- it looked like there was a shortage and there wasn't. She said basically all that was was uh, um, the the toilet paper companies made a bunch of extra money. Is basically all it was. There was no shortage. Apparently, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, it's inter- it's interesting to me how easily gullible we are. You know, they put something on Facebook and everyone thinks it's true. Yeah, exactly. Social media is the equivalent of what television has been since the 50s, right? Well, I saw it on TV. That means it's got to be real. Derp, derp. Well, now, now hang on a second. Let's, let's be realistic. There's a difference between clickbait and truth. But there is no difference between, oh, yeah, but we got it in the bag. Oh, yeah, but it's in route. If you need toilet paper and you can't get it, then it's reality to you because you're short. I've got toilet paper, these big old huge $20 things. I get two of them at a time. So if I have to buy meat, the last time I went to the store, I think it was $264. And I didn't even, I forgot three or four items. I do that twice a month. It's almost $600. For two people. So let's say if I really, really run the toilet paper down to the end and we happen to have a run and I can't get it, as far as I'm concerned, uh, there's a paper toilet paper shortage. What you have right. in the queue and on the truck and in route and, you know, on an airplane and, you know, plenty of trees cut down already. Pro- the explanation doesn't matter to me because I can't get it when I need it. That's it. If I, I think can't have it tomorrow reality. morning, there's a shortage. <laughs> right, you know, and and I came from a family that, you know, I tell you, we're really conservative and we think way ahead, way, way, way ahead. So it's not likely to happen to me, but let's just face it, who keeps uh, six months worth of toilet paper in their house? Are you freaking Nobody kidding? I know. Six yeah. months? No, maybe a month, two months. Not right. six months. Three months max. Six months? Yeah. Now you're starting to, you know, you're starting to, you're starting to look like a hoarder. Where you, yeah. where, where do you put that? Hoarder or prepper, right? That's crazy. Yep. Exactly. That was a great message. Uh, positive. Yeah. Looks like you're selling toilet paper. Energy. Huh? You look like. Um, oh, you guys sell toilet paper here? <laughs> I saw I saw a news expose on this. This woman was going through warehouses and she was saying exactly what what Positive Energy just said. 
that there was plenty of product. And she even went into these warehouses and showed pallet after pallet after pallet. This was during the baby uh, formula shortage. She, she showed she showed a huge warehouse, you know, half the size of a football field with pallets stacked high of baby formula. And she goes, right now, we're being told there's a baby shortage formula. But look around. Look at this. Is there a shortage? No, there's something at more, more nefarious at play. There's a shortage on the shelves, yes. But the supply did not break down, like we were told. Well, I'll, I think I can give you one explanation. Um, about three and a half, four months ago, one of my friends that I train, he's a very well-off trucker. He's been doing it for more than 30 years. And he tows these really, really long football length blades for those uh, windmills, right? Oh, yeah. About three months ago, maybe maybe eight months ago, they closed all those projects and pulled everybody off to work for, um, I think it was Walmart, all right, to help clear the big blog, the, the bog of ships and containers at the waterfront. I mean, it was so right. backed up because people were that either died or retired or didn't come back to work. And this is all over the world now, guys. There are thousands of ships, some of them yeah. with spoiled produce, that are out there waiting to be unloaded for months now, right? Many, many months. And so, th when they get offloaded, they, they, if they if they built a, a labyrinth of this stuff around them, it's got to go somewhere. It's either got to go on a spur, a train that's on a spur, and get pulled out of there, or go in the back of a truck. So they set up this yep. endless line of trucks to move these things out of there. So while they're loading, they're also moving trucks. So they're taking them. They have one crane that's pulling the oldest things out. It's a lot of moving around. Get it loaded. Get it out of here. Get it loaded. Get it out of here. Constant mm -hmm. flow of trucks. Well, what happens is you think you would think that because we live in a free enterprise society, that this high demand leads to higher prices, right? And it has. And there's a lot of um, of uh, advertisement for new truckers and drivers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they lowered the rate. And so my friend, JT, decided, oh, I'm not doing that. So he stopped driving for like three months. He don't care. I'm not doing well, that. And I'm, I'm, right. I'm like, wait a minute. Somebody must be manipulating this. And this is what came out months later. Because of the price of fuel and diesel and the price of food and the glut behind supplies and foodstuffs, the demand that we see and we think is there is prominent. But all of that has shifted uh, discretionary income away from the other things that people normally buy. All that stuff, that presents and stuff, people don't have money for that. And so the right. demand has gone down. And since the demand has gone down, the price had to go down. So you've got one faction of lower demand fighting the other faction. They want the groceries, but they don't want the other stuff. Right. And there's more of the other stuff than there is the groceries. And the result is the price of trucking and the rate for truckers is going down. I, I see no end to this, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, I watched a whole documentary on trucking. And, oh, um, you did? Yeah, and it was fascinating. It was saying exactly what you're saying, that people are having a harder and harder time making what the old school truckers are making. The new hires aren't getting paid. What, what, you know, it's not the lucrative 
job that it used to be. Um, they're getting they're getting nickeled and dimed to death. Um, they're getting ridiculous, you know, and, and they're only paid while they're moving, right? So, yeah, it's, there's a lot at work, but it's not gonna it's not gonna be better overnight. And we're running out of diesel if we haven't already. We're already on uh, strategic reserves, right? Yeah, and how what how crazy is that? What do you think about us releasing our strategic reserves? Well, it's my understanding um, that the State Department hasn't done their job. This is like the third time I've heard of the State Department not doing a job. Now, what am I talking about? The State Department is supposed to constantly review the ebb and flow of commerce over this country and be sure that we don't allow ourselves to be strategically cornered with anything we need. Remember right. we talked earlier in this program about how dangerous a monopoly is to society, mm -hmm. right? And we were talking about religion and moral code. But let's just talk about how dangerous it would be to your family if there was only one place you could get food, one right. place that you could get gasoline or energy, one place that you could get parts for your car or anything. If you just were keyholes like that, it makes you and your family very, very vulnerable. I'm talking about within a thousand miles. Imagine if you were in that position. That would be like living, um, I don't know, in Alaska in a bear reserve and you're running out of ammo. Right. Oh, my goodness. Your, your, your family's in peril. When they run out of food. They're coming for you. And a bear is very strong. They can break into just about anything. You have any more ammo left? Uh-oh. Dave's store is closed. You see, and then if so, and then if you only so have one outlet, it's ripe for corruption and and extortion. Yes, but without even getting into the you know the price control and the gouging, we had this happen to our big three. The big three was allowed by the State Department to be keyholed by one large and very successful company in Taiwan that we have a pseudo relationship with for chips for our entire automotive industry, save maybe uh, Tesla. Okay? Right. That's not supposed to happen. We're supposed to have recognized that and addressed that. That's why we pay these people six figures. Right? Those people make a lot of money, just like the mm -hmm. Securities Exchange Commission. They make a lot of money. For 12 years, one gentleman reported the criminal violations of Bernie Madoff, and they ignored him. Every way he could report it, he did it. In person, in writing, with email, certified mail, everything. They just ignored him. So why are we paying these people? That's why right. people are calling for an end to the alphabet agencies. Because they're not doing anything. They're just sucking up our AC, drinking our coffee, and slurping down our donuts and taking our money. They're doing worse so than if nothing. We're they're taking our money. Let somebody keyhole us. Why are we using them? Right. Why is our State Department so ineffective when we need them the most. We're not supposed to be vulnerable. Okay? This country, this is a country of nearly 333 billion people. You know how many people could be in peril if we allow this to continue? We've got to get control of the country. The ship is too big and the rudder is too small. This is a Titanic. And there are icebergs everywhere. This this is doomsday. I hope that makes sense, Dave, the whole iceberg thing. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, no. And, and it brings to, to question, you know, why was Hillary focused on overthrowing or assassinating Gaddafi on the other side of the world when she should have been looking at this stuff as, as you know, Secretary of State? Maybe he pissed her off. Must have. There was a, but, but, but clearly what you just mentioned, they, they're not doing their job. They're not looking at priority one. Right. I mean, if you if you are in the business of criminal prosecution and looking out for the customers and somebody walks in and hand wraps you a gift wrapped criminal case on a billionaire controlling multi multiple billions of dollars, you, you do something about it. You don't ignore the guy and call him a kook. Exactly. And I don't think they put anybody in prison over that. That's an old mm-hmm. violation. Easily prosecutable. Yeah. Why don't you prosecute? Yeah, the only person I heard that went to jail on that was Madoff. So what about my money? What about all those donuts and all that coffee? What am I paying you for? Right. And you didn't take the low-hanging fruit. This was low-hanging fruit. They did a whole congressional review of this and raked those guys over the But it was all pomp and circumstance and everybody trying to show off on being hard on crime. Okay, if you're really hard on crime, convict. Convict. Clean house. Yep. I don't want to hear about cleaning the that, you know, drain the swamp. Yeah. Who's in prison over that? Nobody. Anybody? Raise your hand if you know anybody went to prison over Bernie Madoff over ignoring all that data. I've never heard of anybody in prison. If you can look that up for us, I'd love to know. I don't have Everybody that had a hand in that case should be in jail for criminal negligence. Just, 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 just. And by the way, you need to pay restitution to the taxpayers. You got paid and you didn't do the job. That's it. That's great. And the bar is gone. Yeah. Yep. Getting a message from Positive Energy. Okay, Paul, you mentioned Rothschild. I got a question for you. Um, I know that the Rothschild family, um, that was not their original name. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but I feel like if a whole family were to change their last names, is that, do you think they're running from something or hiding something? Um, I don't know, but there's a lot of conspiracy out there that they are like divorcer, demonic type of people. And um, since they're the ones running the country, um, people are, yeah, I don't know. But people say that the devil lives at their house. That's what people say. What What do you think about this? all of this? I, I'm interested to hear. For me, honestly, I, I, you know, I like what Martin said on his show. The criminal mind is a stupid mind. Probably true. But I can't make assumptions like that and be a professional investigator. I've got to follow the money and follow the, the activity. It's got to be professionally unfold. This is what professionals do. They keep raking over the coals until they find an ember. Oh, we got one still burning. You start analyzing and analyzing. That's the, next thing you know, something else st- lights up. And people start telling it on each other and pointing each other out. I'm telling you, you would not believe how quickly people will turn on each other when they know they're about to go to prison. Yeah. Man. 
<laughs> and I don't, I don't know about singing like a bird. <laughs> right. I don't know about the Rothschilds, you know, being into Satanism and whatever, because that, that's a slippery slope. Nobody can prove or disprove that. But what I do know is that they created fractional reserve banking as we know it, which is a crime. And it's, it creates banking by debt. Um, so if I deposit a hundred bucks into your bank, Paul, you can then take $90 of that and loan that out. You only have to maintain a reserve of 10% of the deposited money. That's criminal. That's crazy. You don't have the money. Which is exactly why I tell young people, especially live within your means and never, ever finance a car. Live within your means. Right. The idea of fractional reserve is in and of itself a fraud. Yeah, it's, it's a Ponzi real. scheme. Right. Um, so I Googled the Rothschild. $50,000 cars, and they don't have $50,000. You can't afford a $50,000 car. Right. Exactly. If you can't pay cash for it, you really can't afford it. Yeah. What are you doing? Smart. So I Googled the Rothschilds' name. The Rothschilds are a pan-European Jewish family who take their name from the house of their 16th century ancestors, Zumruten Schild, at the sign of the Red Shield in Frankfurt's Jewish ghetto. Zumruten Shield was their original family name. So they're German. <laughs> I will say the, one thing the name about is. the Jewish community, you can get a long way financially when you uh, um, don't cheat on your wife and you concentrate on business and uh, love your family. That's something that mm -hmm. anybody can do. There's nothing, no secret to that. But if you divide your strength and you, you're a woman chaser, you, you like laughing with women chasers and drinking and carrying on and carousing, your, your, your energies as as a professional all divided because you, you you not you don't have your arrows pointed in one direction all of that debauchery that's associated with um uh, adultery and fornication and all the things in betwixt they're very very diluting of a man's energy i think so you know you can hate on people if you want for being successful but are the rothschilds evil i, I need to see proof of that i, I can't just go along with what everybody says. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not. Right. Agreed. I think nefarious, yes, but, you know, you know what is evil, right? Like, that, that's, that's a deep theoretical conversation. Um, let's see, we get another message from Positive Energy. My, my mom and I were talking about the whole toilet paper ordeal once that happened, and and I thought, why toilet paper? Because COVID doesn't cause you to have <laughs> explosive. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to say it. I'm not trying to get like kicked <laughs> off here. But <laughs> what I, I guess it doesn't make sense to me because COVID doesn't cause that. Or at least not to my knowledge, it cause, doesn't cause it. So selling out a toilet paper for COVID, I mean... I less I guess if COVID kills you, then at least you got a clean butt. I mean, <laughs> that's what I told her because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! <laughs> like your mom always taught you, right? Always wear clean underwear in case you get hit by a car. <laughs>
We got another message from Positive Energy. Uh, David, it's funny that you mentioned that because my dad and I were talking about that the other day. Okay, so my dad drove an 18-wheeler for like 16 years. And I don't know a lot about it, but just based off what he said and a couple of times that I rode with him, um, back in the day, you used to be able to lie on your papers. So a lot of truckers were doing that. They would... um change the numbers on their papers or whatever and would hide it in the truck and my and my dad would do that to make extra money well you can't do that anymore now it's all um digital so if you were driving for i think it might be different from state to state but i think in my state if you drive for more than 10 hours your your truck will automatically shut down by itself um and you can't you can't lie on it. It's completely digital. It's it's different now. Yeah, I've heard that too. In this in this trucking documentary, they showed that there's a little computer thing, like a like a taxi driver has, where he punches in his his pickup and his drop off. And you gotta you know punch in when you're going to sleep, punch in when you when you start driving. So it's all documented. Um, as a matter of fact, the truckers have it way more strict than Uber, right? I was driving Uber for a while. Uber finally, finally, it took them years to put a 12-hour maximum. So after 12 hours of driving Uber, you have to log off of the app for eight hours. But you can then, it's so loose-knit with no enforcement, you can then fire up the Lyft app and go drive for another 12 hours on Lyft. They don't have any overlap. So if the goal is to keep people safe and not have drowsy drivers, then they're failing completely because of the lobbying of those two companies, right? It should be um, it should be tied to your phone, um, not to the individual company, right? And I mean, you know, I'll be the first to admit that I've done it. I drove 12 hours for Uber and then I logged on to Lyft and did two more hours for Lyft. So 14 hours in a row and I was exhausted and I probably shouldn't have been on the road. But um, yeah, now with, with digital technology, it's uh, truck drivers can't just say that, oh no, you know, I slept for eight hours. You have to literally stop your truck for eight hours. Um, excuse me one sec. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> But that that kind of goes back to it used to be notorious that truckers did stimulants so that they could drive longer, longer distances. And I think these crackdowns came after uh, horrific trucking accidents where they did, you know, a blood analysis and found that they were impaired. You know, that they had stimulants in their system. Do you know anything about that from the legal end, Paul? Are you kidding me? I'm an accident reconstructionist. (laughs) There's a guy right here in Houston a few days ago that fell asleep and ran a truck off of a really high bridge, and it was dangling for hours. It was in the news just recently. What's wrong with the humans? We just never learn. Just keep on, keep on trying. We keep on making the same old mistakes. Keep on Luckily, trucking. He didn't kill any <laughs> Luckily, he didn't kill any puppies. Thank God, yeah. 
Thank God for that. Hey, we got another message from Positive Energy. With you guys talking about all this presidential baloney and stuff, um, I I am probably the the absolute least political person that I know. Um, my my family is not very political, but I'm I'm the least political out of all of them because. The way that I see it, it's like a big game. It's almost like court, you know? Like, if you go to court, they know how it's going to end before it even starts, you know? It's kind of like that, in my opinion. I feel like it's just a big game. So, like, they do, like, like what I said before, they do a lot of sleight of hand and lying, and they're not giving you, like, straight facts. Um, a lot of times, they get asked questions, and they don't really answer it head on. They kind of answer other questions. Um... It's stupid, in my opinion. Not only that, but they all work for the same group of people, no matter who you vote for. No matter who the president is, all of the presidents work for the same people. So it's about. That's a great point. Political doublespeak and political rhetoric, right? It's an art form. How to how to talk in a circle like, you know, and and they've, they've just become way more blatant about it now where they'll just take a left turn. You ask a direct question and they'll take a left turn and address a talking point that they've already had pre-written that they wanted to address, right? Um, so they'll just blatantly ignore your question, where in the past decades, it used to be more subtle. There used to be more uh, more verbal footwork, verbal fancy footwork now it's just blatantly <laughs> i'm not going to answer your question i'm going to say what i want you to hear um that's a great point that's a word from our sponsors hey got jay rue in the crowd jay rue bjorn positive energy of course songbird damaris and kp what's going on people Please leave us a message. Let us know what you think on A, feminism, B, uh, three-letter agencies committing treason against the people, and how nefarious that is, how hideous that is, especially when they're using our own tax dollars to do it. What did you call that crime, Paul, when they're using our own money to defraud us? You had a great name for it. Um, oh, uh, defective trade practices. That's right. D defective D trade practices and treason. Yeah, that's it. I, that, you know, that in 10 cents will get you a cup of coffee in prison. <laughs> Just don't drop the soap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, uh, probably going to wrap it up here in the next couple of minutes. I'm getting tired. We've been going for a minute. Uh, really enjoyed the talk, Paul. Um, we could that's probably good. pick one of the things that we've talked about and do a whole show just on that. Uh-oh. Are you suggesting sausage making, sir? That's what we do. <laughs> Me and Troy Seagal, we do sausage making all the time. But, uh, yeah, please do leave us a message, folks. Let us know what you thought about the talk. Uh, positive energy. Appreciate your uh, participation. You've been vocal, and I've, I really appreciate it and uh, enjoyed all your comments. Um, Jay Rue, Bjorn, I know you guys. I know you guys got something to say. Let's hear it. Songbird, Damaris, Midnight, let us know what your thoughts are on any of the things I just mentioned or whatever happens to be top of mind for you. But we're going to wrap it up here in the next couple minutes. But we'd love to hear from you folks before we do. Got anything you want to close with, Paul? 
make no yeah. mistake, if we don't straighten this country out, your children are going to pay for it. And I'm going to pay for it. And you're going to pay for it. We're paying for it right now. We are. We are. We I've seen a decline. In... And we're not part of the scheme. Right. I've seen the decline of our country that's led us to where we're at right now over the last, you know, four decades. And you got to be aware of even your friends. I have friends that are well-meaning. And very quickly, they'll slip into a conversation about their particular religion. Lefty, righty, Democrat. It's all the same. It's all the same. You have to speak one language so you can resolve these problems. Otherwise, they're going to take it all. Right. It's macro and micro. They never give it back. Never. Yeah, it's the macro-micro game. If you're focusing on the micro, then you can't see the macro. And if you're focusing on the macro, it encompasses all of the micro. So black, white, Republican, Democrat, that's all under the umbrella of all the stuff that we've been talking about. Campaign finance reform, um, stopping treason, you know, it's all under that umbrella. And, and, you know, and I'll just reiterate once again, the oldest trick in the book is divide and conquer, right? Get your enemies to fight themselves. So that you have less people to fight at the end. Um, it's the oldest trick in the book. I would close by saying, I know that we sound like two guys pontificating on how to save the world after guys destroyed the world. I understand that. Unfortunately, I have to draw from the resources that I have. And my father said something that's very apropos, that's appropriate right now. Just because you have the right to do it doesn't mean it's right to do it. Oh, I like that. That's a fair close. That is powerful. And with that, we will leave you folks. Thank you so much, Paul Rhodes. Thank you, Midnight, Jay Rue, Bjorn, Positive Energy, Dharma Ghost. What's going on, buddy? Songbird, Damaris, KP. Plenty to share. Thank you all for dropping in. And thank you very much, Paul Rhodes. This has been an inspiring conversation. And I look forward to speaking with you again soon, my friend. Yes, sir. All righty. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. All right, that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. And remember, if you're digging what I'm doing, picking up what I'm putting down, please spread it around with friends and on social media. Reviews on Spotify Podcasts and Apple Podcasts are greatly appreciated. All right, until next time.